0: Oh yeah, hour number two. Let those strings take effect, Mr. Mayfield. It is time for hour number two on a Wednesday. We're getting closer to Texas and Kansas. We're getting closer to the Cowboys and the Vikings as the two brands we deal with around here. The two circus tents try to deal with therapy week and figure out what in the world happened back then last week and try to figure out how to turn it around this week. Chad and Zay with you on a Wednesday of course that means uh, just like every day when we're done it's Ball Don't Lie with Rod and Harge we'll get you that Wednesday night lineup coming up we'll get you the flex segment at 1 30 right now though we are going to dig in on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina hotline with uh, one of our favorite conversations each week it is Justin Wells of Inside Texas on 3.com let's talk some Longhorns and maybe even mix in some Cowboys Justin how are you
1: hey gentlemen I'm um, uh you know it was last weekend was a little rough you know we get this cold weather that hit east texas hit a lot of texas and man it was you know aside from the freezing rain it, you know it, i love the cold i love this football weather and then we got slammed with some reality on saturday and sunday and i gotta tell you I, i'm still in uh the recovery state.
0: Yeah, I, no, I think that's that's a fair way to say it. I think some cold, hard truth hit the Longhorns and Cowboys, and we'll dig through maybe both of those things with you. Let's start with Texas. Um, obviously, everything was set up in such a big way and game days in town and, and all of that. And then just one of the weirdest, ugliest first halves breaks out, Justin, that I wasn't expecting. Uh, what did you make of it by the end?
1: Well, I mean, if you're referring to the first half on the offensive side... I would uh, venture to say that carried over the entire game. Yeah. Uh, that was the most unexpected. If you were to told, tell me that it was going to be a close, high-scoring game and, and it could go either way, and it's going to be in the 40s, I would have completely believed that. If you said, "Yeah, the you D- got the best of the defense," and and, and even though the Horns scored a bunch, this has kind of been the you know this was the, the takeaway. It was polar opposite. It was like Bizarro World on Seinfeld. All of a sudden, the offense couldn't find itself or a first down marker or the end zone, and the defense looks like it's been getting tendency help in in, in team meetings from Gary Patterson all last week. It was (laughs) definitely something that, you know what? It was a weird game, guys, and and I I don't want to bemoan on on the offense, but the defense to me was tremendous, and that's a good offense they faced. And I felt like you. it wasn't just playing well and playing to the scheme. It was also rallying to the ball. It was attempting to force turnovers. It was going toe-to-toe with the number four team in the country. I think TCU showed they're that good of a team. They're certainly that solid and that well-coached. And they're certainly uh, in that conversation, in, in, in my opinion. But it was not what I expected on Saturday. I thought it would be a high-scoring affair. I thought it was going to be a close game. I took the under. I thought that... Under you know uh, Texas covering, I I didn't think it would even be that you know that much. It was going to be close. The game still was close. It was a one score game, even though the offense didn't give you any semblance of of scoring whatsoever. At the end of the day, Bijan Robinson, no carries, no touches on both first and goal series. Uh, That was, I believe, six seven plays they ran, eight plays, no touches for Bijan. I have no idea what the mindset is there. I'm not paid to make those decisions, but I'm certainly confused probably as much as Bijan was. Yeah,
2: Yeah, it's just very questionable. I mean, Steve Sarkeesian, he's known to be this big-time play caller and drawing up plays and whatnot, but not to give Bijan Robinson the ball in those situations is just odd. And that goes to my next question, Justin Wells, putting up only three points. That's unacceptable. I know this TCU team is good, but that's still unacceptable. The Sark just wear too many hats here at the university of Texas, where you have so much responsibility on and off the field. Does maybe him being a play caller. is just not going to work. And he's going to have to bring in somebody else later on.
1: No, I really don't think it's that. I don't think that's an issue. At least not yet. I don't, I don't see that as, as, something that needs to be addressed right now I think what you need to see is growth at the quarterback position I think we've seen uh, some real highs and lows of Quinn Ewers and and that's because he's a freshman playing for the first time in years and, and he's learning the speed of the game he even admitted he'd gotten lazy in some of his mechanics a lot of times he's not stepping into the ball with his feet because he has such a tremendous arm well you can get away with that in high school you can't get away with that in college I think you know like Like Chad said, this cold, hard truth Wednesday, I think Quinn Ewers is having a lot of that right now the last few days in video sessions and and, and trying to retune himself and refine himself because we know he can be that quarterback. We've already seen him do that this year. I don't think it's Sark in a play-calling sense. I am still befuddled that Bijan Robinson only touched the ball 12 times. And to me, I think last year he had his career high. And touches against TCU, which helped them out, you know, in a win. So this, to me, was backwards. It was almost overtaking you, to a sense. But I think if Quinn plays a little bit better, I think if the receivers outside of Jordan Whittington play a little bit better, they finish a few more routes, maybe going on the deep post every sixth or seventh play isn't the call, especially when number eight is bracketed every time with two guys. That is a staple. Uh, of defenses they see, you know, on Saturdays. So right now, I don't think we're at any sort of stage with Sark and play calling and need to relieve duties or, or find another a capable OC. I think Sark can wear that hat right now. It's really hard to, to find the balance of offense and defense, and, and so I, I, I give PK credit. Those, that, those guys in, on the that side of the ball really played well. They, they kept Texas in the ball game as much as the offense didn't. And so, at the end of the day, Sark, right now I don't think that's an issue. I don't think that's something you really need to address. I think you just need to see more development in the offense. I think you need to see some fine-tuning with Quinn Ewers. I think you need to use who's going to be the number one tellback drafted in the 2023 NFL draft. Why don't you use him? You got him two, three more games. I would strongly suggest using a guy who was literally probably going to have at least a seat in New York for the Heisman ceremony before that T C U game. And now you can all forget that. To me that's the bigger issue.
0: Well and Justin, it's be interesting to see does he go back to the last time Tom Herman was in control of B. John Robinson against Kansas in Lawrence, he gave him the ball a lot and it was a good day for Texas, and it was a successful day. But last year was the crazy one. Bijan had 14 carries. He did have three catches in the game, but Texas gives up the 57. 35 minutes of time of possession for Kansas, as I mentioned earlier. And I think that's the kind of game Kansas wants to play here, keep the ball from Texas. Do you think Steve Sarkeesian is going to pack like, I don't know, 25, 30 carries for Bijan and try to make it that kind of game like we saw two years ago?
1: You you would hope so in a sense. Now, first off, you're, when you mentioned Tom Herman and, and uh, Bijan, he gets no credit for that <laughs> whatsoever because Tom Herman had that Joker sitting on the shelf for three months. That's true. His freshman year before he played him, <laughs> and if you true. ask any of those players within outside the, the program, should John Robinson have been playing early his freshman year, you would have had a collective yes. So, first of all, Tom Herman and he gets crossed out on the Bijan Robinson sweepstakes. All right. Now, against Kansas, this is going to be tough because, of course, you're going to want to lean on Bijan and Rashawn. Listen, you got two guys that are going to be toting the rock in some sense in the league next year. Use them, but here's the problem with with Quinn kind of regressing the last few weeks. With Quinn not looking as good, the receivers not looking as great outside of Jordan Woodington and a few, a few, you know. Spark plays by worthy. You're looking at an eleven man box. Now you've heard of the ten, the eight man, nine <laughs> man. Yeah, they load. They load the box against the run. Kansas may break all the rules and just put eleven in the box. They forget the corners. Go ahead and just focus on five and two. Because you, I think this is a game. You know, people are going to say, "Run the dang ball." This, is the, this might be an instance where you, you, instead of using the word dang, you get a little bit more graphic because that has to happen. Jalen Daniels could be back. KU is a much better team than they were in the past. They are very well coached. They have some talent. Devin Neal is a dude that will give you problems. And so right now, their Texas focus should be not just getting points in the end zone. I, what they have been, eight, quarter, eight quarters in the second half? they haven't scored a touchdown, yeah. their focus needs to be that right there, figuring out ways to scheme open those guys and get those get those points in the second half, get the offense back on track. The best way to do that, like Quinn said in the preseason, turn around and hand it to the best player in the country.
2: Yep. Jay Wells, this defense was terrific on Saturday. 14 tackles for loss, five sacks, only of uh, uh, 17 points allowed. And it's frustrating because it's kind of like, where's that defense been all year? Especially with Deshaun Jamison out and Terrence Brooks coming in. And now you got Gary Patterson rumors to Nebraska, which is ironic of uh, the time where Texas defense looks the best. But what did this defense show you this past Saturday?
1: They showed me what we kind of saw a glimpse of early in the year. When they're healthy, for the most part, they're great. This is a much improved defense. The offense was, was pretty good last year. That carryover didn't change much, except they were just a little better. They're a little more explosive and, and so much stronger at the offensive line. The defense, this is what we saw earlier in the year against some good teams, not just Alabama. UTSA has been a strong team. We saw him doing, you know, do incredible against OU. These guys have had their chances. Now, what I love seeing, you hate seeing Deshaun Jameson missing missing the game. What you love seeing is Terrence Brooks stepping in and playing. I think he, I think I had him at 67, sixty seven, sixty eight snaps. That's a lot for a guy that usually gets about two to four. And 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 you have to understand Brooks is an up and up and coming. Okay. This is a guy that's on the rise. He he will be a future strong corner slash defensive back. I get a Nathan, I get a Nathan Basher vibe from him in, in the future. So I think the secondary is gonna be good. And it was a little more healthy. You had Anthony Cook a couple weeks after the broken forearm. You've got Jaron Thompson who's playing at an all conference level. And you've got Ryan Watts that's playing at a really high level right now. Uh, to the point where he's he's got that that, that that spot locked down. And so I think the defense deserves credit. I think the secondary being a little bit more healthy, because we've seen the front seven play well. We've seen Jalen Ford put in his vote for, for Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year. We've seen Overshield go sideline to sideline. And that interior line is probably the straight. Devondre Sweat, DeAndre Colbert, uh, the Byron Murphy, uh, yeah, Morrow Jomo. Uh, Alfred Collins, Vernon Broughton, those guys have brought it, and they've been solid. But it was the secondary, I felt like, that kind of rose to the level, that played well, that held, quote, Quinton Johnston for the most part, that, that frustrated Max Duggan. It was the pressures from a Baron Sorrell who once again stepped up and showed that he is going to be a force on this defense next year and beyond for the Longhorns. So it was, it was good to see a team. We saw this defense a little bit earlier in the year. It was good to see it kind of flash back to where that was. I think it was also, despite the fact Jameson was out, it was kind of more of a healthier bunch. Austin Jordan's another DB. That's a corner slash nickel slash safety. But I feel like can do a lot of stuff back there. The future is bright in that secondary. And the TCU takeaway for me was that, that those guys actually have some really good guys back there. And I can't wait to see what they look like next fall
0: talking with Justin Wells inside Texas on 3.com. All right, Justin, let me get a Cowboys question in here. If I tell you they lose at, la- I know, I know. If I but if I tell you they lose at Lambo, damn it. If I tell you they lose in Lambo to Aaron Rodgers, that's one thing and you might be able to live with it. But if I tell you they blow a 14-point lead going to the fourth quarter for the first time in the history of the franchise, it's a little different. Give me your temperature on the Cowboys right now.
1: Yeah, buddy. Um, <laughs> if, if the Texas TCU game on Saturday night wasn't a gut punch, man, just just come right back with a Mike Tyson jab on on Sunday evening. I was feeling good. I felt like they, they played well for three quarters. Tony Pollard, to me, is just continues to separate himself as, a, as one of the best young running backs in the league. I thought the offensive line was finally gelling. They were finally clicking. Dak wasn't trying to do too much. CeeDee Lamb decided to, to act like a number one receiver and, and, and had a tremendous game. So I'm thinking this is all pretty good. Everything's kind of going as according to plan. The Packers are on a five game losing streak. Aaron Rodgers is a giant brat. It looks like he's on shrooms half the time. <laughs> so this this, this, this this ought to work out. You know, this, this should work out. And then Christian Watson happened, the guy from the Dakota that everybody talked about during pre-draft and had been injured and had some hard time, you know, kind of uh, adjusting to the NFL game and the speed and the nuance of the position. He has a coming-out party at a spot where Dallas, the defense, who's been great all year, has a weakness. You know, losing a couple guys in that secondary has really hurt the Cowboys in the back end. I felt like when, when you could run the ball like Green Bay did, that really utilized and it really uh, put uh, Micah Parsons and those guys in a box. And, and, and you won't see that much from teams, from a Green Bay team, from an Aaron Rodgers team, but leaning on guys like A.J. Dill and, and, and Aaron Jones w- was big. And so I give the Packers credit. Look, I'm a big fan of Matt LaFleur, and I thought he made some really good second-half adjustments, whereas on the other end, Mike McCarthy did not. Yeah. And, and Dak's pick in overtime was, was, was one of those that he just forced it. Um, I really think, you know, you and I talked about this, Losing Amari Cooper was bad, but as long as you replaced him, you were good. And Michael Gallup is a guy that's going to be a guy whenever he's on the field, but they never replaced him, Chad. They just didn't. That's why you hear all the talk about Odell Beckham Jr. It's not Noah Brown. It's not some of the guys there. That's the reason the Cowboys lost on Sunday. And C.D. Lamb, I think he went for, what, 10, 11 catches, 160, 170 yards. He had a tremendous game. But there was, no, there was no other option on the other end. And I, like you said, going to Green Bay is bad enough. Losing to Aaron Rodgers is bad enough. It just was a, uh, a gut punch to uh, the Sunday evening. No doubt.
2: Justin Wells, tonight is a huge basketball game down at the Mood. This is why the Mood is there for games like this, with Gonzaga coming in the town, uh, second in the nation, Texas is at 11. How do you like the ho- uh, the horns in this matchup?
1: You know, they, we, we've been waiting for this one. You know, you and I have been talking about this one for a while. And, and a lot of my good buddies, basketball buddies, they, they've been waiting for this game. And I'm trying to tell most of them, please understand this is going to be a fantastic opportunity in a, in a fantastic arena, in, in a fantastic atmosphere and environment. This is going to be what Texas basketball wants to be, in my opinion. This, this sort of game, this sort of you know get-together. But, buddy, I'm going to tell you, Gonzaga's good. Gonzaga's good enough to, to, to get down 30 points on a boat and come back and win is good enough to where Drew Timmy has some of the best feet as in a big man I can remember in college basketball. He's got a lot of Christian Leitner to his game. Timmy is a force. Now, is uh, a little different. I think you can tell in the last, the last first few games that they're missing some of those guys uh, that went to the league, especially RJ. But at the end of the day, I think it'll be close. Simply because Chris Beard teams don't get blown out, they always play intense, solid defense. Overplay, deliberate—you know, trying to create create tempo, create turnovers. They're they're so active and strong on the defensive end. The key in this game is going to be who can limit Timmy, because Texas has some guys on the block, but they're not his size and they're not his skill. And so, to me, it's going to be kind of countering that on the defensive end. How many guys do you throw at him? Is it more of an aggregate rather than one or two uh, post players? You know, I'd like to see what, what Mitchell looks like down there, even though it's probably somewhat of a mismatch right now. Uh, D is probably going to have his best time. Timmy Allen as well. The key is going to be Tyrese Hunter. Does Tyrese Hunter continue to play like we thought he was going to play? Does Tyrese Hunter play like he did? You know, he was just named to the the, the top 50 watch list for the John Wooden Award. We're posting that at com here pretty quick. And, listen, Hunter is the key. He can play like he has the first two games. I think they'll be okay. They're going to have to hit shots. That's what this whole thing will come down to. The defense will be good. The atmosphere, the environment's going to be great. Can they hit shots? If Texas hits some shots early, it'll be a fun night. If they have a hard time, especially behind the arc like they have the first two games, uh, this one might be a, a slugfest towards the end.
0: It is in the name of the sport, basketball. Things go better when oh, the wow. ball goes in the basket. <laughs> if it doesn't, things go worse a lot of the time. Oh, my God, that, God, That is going to be big. <laughs> He's right. Um, I'm
2: glad Jay Wells thought that was as corny as I did, it's, man. Hey, wow!
0: It is corny, but it's true. Uh, it's a whole lot easier when you are making shots. We'll see if Texas can make some shots against the Zags tonight. Justin Wells, we always appreciate the time, brother. We'll hit you next week. Hopefully, we will not have to talk about that much Longhorn and Cowboy sadness at the same time.
1: Yeah, I, I'm not. I need to mentally prepare for these these sessions. I, it feels like therapy. with with you guys after a week like that. (laughs) Yeah. I was laying on the couch this whole time. Y'all didn't see me. I'm laying on the couch kind of staring at the ceiling doing this interview. It's therapy for me. It's that. I appreciate it. Yeah. I tell you what, you
0: know what, since I know how much it can make you happy, just go pull up a tape of my Aggies trying to tackle somebody right now. It'll make you feel better, I promise.
1: (laughs) Hey, I I don't want to jump on the pile (laughs) of terrible dung in College Station right now. No need to pile on a team that is two and 2-9 against in their last 11 against FBS opponents. There's no reason to pile on the dumpster fire that, that continues in College Station. I, I, I just don't want to be that guy, Chad.
0: Yeah, there's no need for all that math. Really no need for it at all, Justin Wells. I appreciate you, sir. Have a good weekend. Right, right. <laughs> Thanks, Jay Wells. I hadn't heard that one. What did he say? Two and nine in the last 11 nine. against an FBS? Mm. That doesn't need to be real. Mm. Please nobody go count that up. He's probably right. That's that's crazy. Uh, somebody texted about A&M scheduling UMass this week. Yes, it's pillow weekend. They have the, no choice. It's pillow weekend in the SEC. I'm it's not sure a, if they mandatory. have. mandatory. No, that's a great point. I don't know if they have no choice. Uh, your Longhorns may get to find out. I've wondered that about Texas and Oklahoma. Once you get in the conference, can you choose not to schedule? Uh Bama's playing Austin P this weekend. AM is playing um is, yeah, AM's playing UMass. What's the other one I really loved? Uh there's at least it's everybody except about three games. Georgia plays Kentucky. There's a couple other disguise games, and then the rest is there. I'll pull it up and my UAB's all right, I guess, for LSU. But come on, we know what what you're doing when you schedule UAB.
2: Yeah, this is the week that the SEC schedules teams that I lie about when I tell people I used to play back in my day because Mm. they wrongfully assume that with my weight and height, I was a player in football, so I have to go along with it and lie. Middle Middle, uh, Eastern Tech. Yeah, it's like yeah, stuff Middle you make Eastern up. Eastern Tennessee Tech. Yeah, I was, yeah you just got to make up something. And, yeah, those are the teams that they play. So we'll see when Texas gets in. But I feel like it's a part of the code, like bro code, yeah. like you better do this.
0: Yeah, just for the record, it's UMass, Austin P, East Tennessee State, Western Kentucky, and New Mexico State and UAB. Those are the teams playing SEC teams in the pillow weekend. Who's Kentucky got this week? I feel like they actually have an SEC game. Yeah, that's Georgia. See, that's the the disguise game, Zay. You're supposed to focus on that. Focus on Georgia and Kentucky on CBS. Don't look anywhere else. Tennessee's at South Carolina and Ole Miss is at Arkansas. Outside of that, don't look at anything. We
2: got to ask B. Jones if it's like a mandatory thing or do they really schedule this. Because it's it's weird. Just always at this
0: time, it's a weird time to do this. I get preseason. No, you know why? Because all the rival games come next week. Bama gets to do this before the Iron Bowl. That's LSU so gets to do it. A- LSU and AM do it before they play each other. That's why they do it. They put it here. It's like a. It's not a bye, but it is that game where you're hoping it's 38-3 at the half and you can rest your guys in the second half. Mm,
2: that's weak, SEC. That's,
0: that's the point. Weak. I it, get it. All right. It is weak. I get it, but I don't get it. And I hope your Longhorns and the Sooners stand up to it, but I don't know if they will because on the other side of it, if they let you, why wouldn't you? Why why would you purposely beat yourself up on November 19th? Why would you do that? If they're letting you schedule garbage, why wouldn't you want to schedule some garbage? They may need to figure that out moving forward. All right, there's Justin Wells. We appreciate his time. We're super late. Let's get to the Flex segment next. Volleyball teams in the Final Four and your Flex pregame getting you started on Friday. Second round of the playoffs. We'll tell you where you can find the full schedule next on The horn. I have the devil horns in the air. So, see, this is why my hands are comfortable doing the hook 'em horn sign. Because when I first saw them, it was at the metal shows. We we're just throwing them up. You see a bunch of people with long hair just going crazy. Oh, man. like we're about to take a little turn. Look at this. This is right up my alley we're going to get it uh. It's Ronnie James Dio.
2: <laughs> now, Yo, that was quick.
0: Now I just have to figure out i Now this sounds like straightforward just Dio would be my guess. What do you mean just Dio? Like, is, like the group Dio? Like is the label Dio or is it or is this Black Sabbath with him? It's a Sabbath. Sabbath with him. Okay. All right. It's That's the only distinctions I can't make sometimes with him, but they, there's nobody else sings like that, dude. Nobody. I mean, that little, and he's little too. Yeah,
2: you said that. Little Italian last time. dude.
0: Little Italian dude, like five, six, five, seven. <laughs> Actually, that's too much. I think he's more like five, five. Little bitty dude, but one of the biggest voices in the history of that uh, of that realm. So, uh, a little Sabbath with. Ronnie James Dio. Gotta love that. All right, uh, so Sabbath, Sugar Ray, and Donnie Iris. Hell of a combo already with Chad and Zay on a Wednesday. Longhorns getting ready for Kansas uh, in football. Cowboys getting ready for the Vikings. And, of course, on the basketball floor tonight, it is Texas and Gonzaga. 8.30 tip. 8 o'clock pregame. That means the Longhorn Blitz podcast going to fit in nicely from 7 to 8 like it always does. Jeff and Rod and Matt breaking down Longhorn football for an hour and then you get to Texas basketball pregame. It's going to be a great night. Just keep it right here on the horn. Once we're done, ball don't lie. Rod Babers, Mike Harge, just roll you through your Wednesday. Lots of good stuff on the board. Yo, alright people.
2: Y'all can stop congratulating me for the... Other Isaiah Collier, the really good basketball player that I wish I was, he's literally living my
0: life with my name. Dude, I was happy for you with that NIL deal. (laughs) I'm glad you showed up to work today. I really thought, like, ooh, maybe maybe Zay's done.
2: Hey, I mean, one thing that I'm disappointed in, he had no chance of coming to Texas. Why? Because he knew there's only one Isaiah Collier big enough for this city. So I apologize to Chris Beard and Longhorn Faithful. That's on me. That's on me for not getting the number one point guard in that class because, come on, I mean, Isaiah Collier here, I I don't mean to toot my own horn,
0: but he didn't want that type of competition. uh And so he
2: said, I'm going to go to Southern Cal and make a living in Los Angeles.
0: So this is a big-time basketball recruit named Isaiah Collier. He spells his first name wrong, though, correct? Yeah,
2: he spells it wrong. He spells it the biblical way. I'm named after Zeke Thomas. So who's the real hooper now? There you go. How about that?
0: Yours is spelled a basketball way.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yours is
0: spelled the Bible way. Exactly. And yeah. that's
2: why... I spell my name on Twitter, Isaiah Jordan Collier. Uh, So people know once he goes to the league, it becomes way more famous than I could even imagine. People know the difference. Kind of like Michael B. Jordan. Yes. You know, Michael B. Jordan, he's doing his thing.
0: You're going to be the Michael B. Jordan or that other Vanessa Williams. Remember her back in the day? There's another Vanessa Williams? There were two Vanessa Williams. If you look them up, there's like a Vanessa Williams, and I think it's a Vanessa L. Williams. And you might know her. She was in the Cosby Show. Um, The woman who played uh, Jade. The girlfriend Jeez. later on, the girlfriend of not Theo's girlfriend, the one he, the, the no, he would well, t- <laughs> he, remember when he was at college and he was with Justine, but then the girl that was the actress that, that he kind of got attracted to and kissed her and Justine saw him kiss her. Not that oh, I ever no, watched this no, show. No. You can tell. Oh.
2: I watched the Cosby show a little bit. Clearly it was before my time. You look but her up. You'll know who, who I'm talking about. Nick at night reruns. I'll look yeah, her
0: up. You look her up. You'll know who I'm talking about. But uh, so now uh, now we're just going to call this this recruit the, the other Isaiah Collier. Yeah. He'll be the other Isaiah Collier. As I'm
2: saying, Chris Beer had no chance. Zero chance. No chance. Once no he chance. Went to talk to him and hey, man, I know there's a Isaiah Collier down the ATX already. Yeah, he has, it. you know, some type of Texas ties. I don't know the, you know, full details, but... That's just too much for me. Sorry, Coach Beard. So that's all me. All me, Coach Beard, Coach Terry, Chappelle, the whole crew. That's (laughs) all me for not getting the Isaiah Collier recruit down here.
0: Oh, that is fantastic. All All right. uh, Let's get you a little flex here. We'll give some love to teams going after state titles and get you ready for the second round of the football playoffs. Here we go. FLXATX For the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to FLXATX.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit BrainVault.com and join the movement. Alright. Uh, FLXATX.com and you can go there. There's an article on the two volleyball teams that have advanced to state. They're going to play Friday. It's separate divisions. you got Dripping Springs in 6A and Liberty Hill in 5A, both going after state titles. Flex has some cool videos of them celebrating after getting uh, their, what would that be, their area championships, and then you go into that. Is that how that works? Um, but uh, they are headed towards the final four. So best of luck to those volleyball teams. Say we got some nasty good volleyball in this area.
2: Yeah, yeah, we do. That's some teams that can play now. Yeah, a lot of talent, a lot of girls that could get up. And, yeah, there's always been crazy talent here. They play year-round with their select and club yeah. teams. So, yeah, how, how can you not have these good teams on the high school ranks? And
0: we've been telling you about these players on our all-flex volleyball team that are going to end up – they've already committed uh, and or – you know, either committed or signed to go to schools like Tennessee and San Jose State and headed out to the West Coast to play uh, some other places. So, uh, congratulations. Congrats to all those players. Best of luck to Dripping Springs and Liberty Hill trying to bring home a state title. Remember, Flex pregame show for football is 6.30 on Friday night. All three of our Austin Radio Network teams play at 7.30. You've got Vandegrift taking on Converse Judson. you got LBJ taking on PNG, Port Natchez Groves, and Lake Travis. Looking for revenge against Cibolo Steele. Steele got them in the regular season. That's why they're 11-0. Can Lake Travis get them? Lake Travis is not getting them at home, but they're getting them to their area. They're at the field in Pflugerville for that one. If you go to flxatx.com and click on Schedule, you can see where a lot of these games are going to be in the area. So if you want to get out to a game, if you're a Lockhart fan, you can see that you're at Alamo Stadium in San Antonio and uh, you can go check out those other locations at flxatx.com.
2: Yeah, trying to decide if I want to get to Kelly Reeves or do I want to go to the f- p- field, the p- 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 field. P- field and see like, Travis take on steel.
0: That will be a tough one to decide. I'm going to one of them. All I know is go Vipers, go Tigers. I want that Vandegrift-Dripping Springs rematch. That's all I'm looking for right now in 6A, man. I want to see those two get together again. I want Novosad against Buchanan. For a trip to the state semis. That would be, a, I believe that's right. I believe they'd play in the state quarters, so the winner would go to the Final Four. Okay. That's what we need. I don't care where you play it. Play it in a Walmart parking lot, but I want those two teams to face off because they did put them in the same bracket. That is what we need to see. All right, so a lot of good stuff going on there. High school football cranking up. Texas and Gonzaga tonight. We were asking people earlier, when was the last time you were – What's the best non conference game you've seen at Texas where Texas brought somebody in? Somebody mentioned the Tennessee game when Rick Barnes came back. That was a good one. Obviously, that's recent. I remember this one, Zay. 03, Chris Paul and Wake Ooh. showed up. North Carolina with uh, uh, Javon, Fel- when Javon Felix. Oh, yeah. Felix hit the game winner. Uh, this is, yeah, Texas and number 10, Carolina. 09. Um, I I go back to nobody mentioned this one yet. What about Bibby and Simon and Arizona coming in? That happened. In. That happened years ago too.
2: Wow, playing like clacking them.
0: Uh correct. I think that's about and Chico that time. And- yeah. Yeah, there have been some Chris good Mill, ones. Maybe? There have been some good ones, and uh, I was also there for the night that Chris Paul came in. That was fun to see too. So tonight it is Gonzaga coming to the Moody Center. Remember, eight thirty is your tip time.
2: By the way, we just mentioned Chris Clack. Shout mm-hmm. out to his daughter Jade Clack, who just signed with TCU What's this past it? week. She's at Austin High. Had like thirty something last night. Oh yeah, she's she's a guard, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. She's nice. God, I bet those one-on-one games are silly. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> like, oh, man. I, like, I, hey. Like, there are father daughter one on one games that, I'm, that get very heated around the country and around the world and all that. But whew, I bet Clack on Clack is a serious matchup.
2: Yeah, I saw Chris at the uh, Arkansas game, and he's been on my show, The Right Call, last year. And we got to get him on this show. But yeah, I know he still got a little bit of juice. Like, he had a smooth lefty shot, had a lot of athleticism. I think Chris, if he would have played in, like around this era he would have been probably better suited for the league.
1: Mm. It was a weird
2: yeah. it was a weird era when he got drafted. Like Allen Iverson and you know Jason Kidd, they were the big dogs and that 2000 to 2003. That was just an odd era between Michael Jordan and LeBron James. That's That was a weird era of basketball.
0: Yeah, shout out to the Clack family. That's some serious basketball. You know he'll be interested tonight with Texas in oh, yeah. Gonzaga. Up next, where are we at in society? We'll see what Zay's got for us at 205. It's Chip Brown of Horns247.com talking about the Longhorns and the challenge coming up in Lawrence. And, of course, what we saw against TCU. Stay right there. We'll hit as much as we can on the horn.
2: Meet me in the middle of the night Let me hear you say everything's all right Let me smell the moon in your perfume
0: ah, Bring me Southern Kisses. I think I know what he's doing there. That was well done. Well done. You dirty, dirty bastard. All right. um Man, this is... uh Boy. We are going back a little ways here. I do not recognize it. It almost has like this older... It almost has like a Rod Stewart vibe, but it's not Rod. It's not rough enough on the voice. I don't know, Zay. Who is it? Steve Forbert. Romeo's tunes. I have no clue who that is. Steve Forbert? Forbert. Forbert. Yeah. F-O-R-B-E-R-T. Correct. You got a you got eyes on what Steve looks like? Um, Can you describe him to me?
2: As Cameron Diaz said and something about Mary. He's no Steve Young. (laughs)
0: Is he the same race as Steve Young? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were two words that came to my mind when that song fired up safe and white. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's, oh, yeah. That song ain't scaring oh, yeah. anybody. That song is not scaring anyone anywhere. Yeah. Anytime. To go from
2: Black Sabbath to that. Yeah. Definitely that's, a little, you know, roller coaster. Actually
0: it scares me as a metal fan. That's who it scares. It scares me as a heavy metal fan. I'm a little scared of some Steve Forbert. See uh, people
2: lighting your ass up saying, come on, Chad, that song was huge. He still tours.
0: Does he really? Yeah. How about that? Y'all can get tickets for that. <laughs> I gotta spend too much time paying for these damn Taylor Swift tickets. By How's the way. That going? By the way, thank you everybody for your interest. Yesterday, Zay. I was able to procure these tickets. Ticketmaster is running such a scam. Everybody knows it right now. It's not a scam. That's not the way to say it. But, man, their their control over this ticket thing is so crazy right now. But I got home. I was able to get in the queue, and I was able to get us tickets for one of the Houston shows. The wow. best. The best advice I could tell people is if you can get in on what I mean, the pre-sale now, I guess, is technically over. So Friday at 10 a.m., if you can get there right at 10 a.m., that will help you out. And just think quick. You gotta be thinking fast, head on a swivel. You can't be like my mother and do the, well, what about this? Well, what if we consider this? Well, what if we did this? No, you gotta go. You can get six tickets at a time, but don't expect them to all be together. I had to do four tickets here and two tickets on the same row down a ways. You gotta be thinking quick, Zay.
2: Yo, why people are doing this Taylor Swift ticket thing like brothers be
0: doing Jordan releases? (laughs) I'm I'm telling you, man, (laughs) it was crazy, but it was very cool to be able to tell her that we were going, and uh, and she's very excited. So this is April of 2023, but uh, here's how bad it was. Ticketmaster had such issues yesterday. There were stories about it in all the major papers, all the major outlets, and AOC even tweeted out about how bad it was and that they need to break up the Ticketmaster Live Nation monopoly. Like, that's how bad it was, which just tells you that AOC has some young – fan in her life. Yeah, of course. Or maybe she's a Swifty. I mean, Taylor's been around a while now, so maybe AOC is a Swifty that that couldn't get tickets. We're around the same age. Dude, it was crazy. When I saw 2,000-plus people ahead of me in a queue, I I, I got lightheaded. I was like, what are you talking? 2,000-plus? Mm. That is crazy. That's to
2: hear Taylor sing, it's me, I, I'm the problem, it's me. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, just, what lyrics you, that just grafts women and young teens and just say, that's that's fire right there, Taylor. You just,
0: that's the stuff. You just boiled it all down to the simplest level, didn't you? That's good. That was well done. All right. Those are the
2: only lyrics I know from- the songs. And I just hear it because my wife's always looking at TikTok, and I hear it all the time. Gotcha. So, yeah. yeah.
0: I'm not going to—I will not rip on anyone who's going to be buying those Steve Forbert tickets, but that's just not going to be me. I will be hanging with my child at uh, at NRG for one of those Houston shows for Taylor Swift. So uh, the big sale goes out on Friday. Best of luck. Hopefully Ticketmaster gets their problems figured out by then. All right. Uh, let's go where are we at in society. See what Zay's got for us today.
2: Where are we at in society today?
0: All right, Zay, do I have something in my Twitter that I need to check? Yes,
2: you do, Chad. Okay. All right. All right. So investors have filed an $11 billion lawsuit on ftx cryptocurrency because they just had to file from bankruptcy i want to say somebody hacked into them or something like that or it i don't know the stocks went down i don't know but the mm-hmm. cryptocurrency market isn't that good right now and especially not good for ftx who has on their team tom brady naomi Osaka, larry david Shaq. Steph Curry and other members of the Golden State Warriors. So they're all a part of this lawsuit. Yeah, that's bad. They'll probably get out of it somehow. They're rich. But (laughs) FTX, they did have the naming rights to... Old American Airlines Arena. I don't know if it's Arena or Center. The one in
0: Miami and Amer- Dallas always confuses me. Okay, AAC's in Dallas. Okay. I have to know this as a Mavs fan. AAC is in, in Dallas. Dallas. American
2: Airlines Arena was in Miami. Was Miami, Okay, yeah. been there before, seen the game. Beautiful arena right on the water okay. by the bridge that you got cross to get to South Beach. But now, since there's no naming rights for the previously American Airlines Arena, Yeah. Porn site Bang Bros is trying to put their submission in to get naming rights to the Miami Heat Arena, and it will be called BBC. The BBC? (laughs) The The Bang
0: Brothers Center? Bang Bros. Not Bang Brothers. Bang Bros. Bang Bros. Yeah, just Bros. So, go BBA. Bang Brothers Arena?
2: Yeah, would that be better? Or B- like B- BBC with the porn thing? I think that would work.
0: Yeah, but no, no. But BBC already is like the network in Britain that's been uh, around forever. When you go BBA? Be something a little different? Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe. Bang! What are the chances this happens? I don't think it's gonna happen. Okay.
2: But they should look into it. Porn Damn, makes yeah. a lot of money. I mean, it's Miami. Why not? I'm sure they shoot in Miami.
0: All right. So, Zay, I'm gonna give you a choice here. Let's take the Golden State Warriors out. You listed those folks in the lawsuit. Tom Brady, Naomi Osaka. Oh, Giselle
2: too. Giselle's a part of it too. Oh, and Giselle's
0: a Giselle's part of it. Giselle's a part of it too. Ooh, okay, so we're gonna put. Let me put Giselle in the discussion. Who's a cheat? Okay, that sheet? okay so here we here we go. G- how about Tom Brady, Giselle, and uh, Larry David and Shaq. I think you should
2: take Larry da- David out of it because I take remember Larry David the commercial. Out. It was during Super Bowl, and he's saying, this crypto thing isn't never going to work. Oh, right, right, right. I yeah, he was being sarcastic it. That's with why he's it. in it? Okay. Yeah.
0: Wow, this is crazy. Okay, so if you're going to eat dinner and you could only pick two people to eat dinner with, Tom, Giselle, and Shaq, who do you not want to be there? You can only have dinner with two of them. Do you want to eat with the divorced couple Or do you want to go like Tom and Shaq or Giselle and Shaq? What do you want to do? Uh, Shaq and Larry. You want Shaq and Larry? I'm going Shaq and Larry. you going to throw Larry Davis back in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Because
2: I got to talk about the classic episode where Larry tripped the hell out of Shaq on the show and – ends up hurting them. That's a great
0: episode. Dude, you man, that's good. Larry you could not have a bad time at dinner with Larry David and Shaq. Because no. if because if Larry David is being Larry David, which he will be and closes and tries to be real neurotic, Shaq will call him out. You won't have to, and that'll be entertaining. Oh yeah. That you uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, good
2: choice. By the way, Shaq has his little documentary coming out on HBO, four parter November twenty third. That should Ooh, be good. Yeah,
0: I'll check that out. Yeah. Four parts all about Shaq.
2: All about Shaq. Oh. So you know he's going to really break it down. I wonder how much is about him and Kobe's situation. I wonder how much he's going to be willing to tell because it got real messy with him and Kobe towards the end. And, you know, clearly you want to have a certain respect for Kobe at this point, but also you want to be authentic. So yeah, and it should be interesting, and I'll definitely be tuning in.
0: I'll check that out. I read his autobiography, and it was really good. I'm not going to pretend like I read a ton of those, but for some reason I saw it. I saw it grabbed it and it was a great read and I'm, I'm a, I am ai mean I've always dug the you know Shaq's story and, and, and I'm kind of a fan of his so it was cool I'll definitely watch that documentary coming up HBO does a, a great job with those alright there's uh, where we're we at in society we do it every day about 145 cross your fingers that the Miami Heat will be playing at the Bang Bros Center in a couple of years <laughs> that would be awesome we're going to the BB Grandma what does it stand for Sonny uh Oh well, you don't want to know about that, yo. Bang Bros, they do a good job. That's all I gotta say, dude. What kind of what kind of wonderful advertising could you have inside that arena if that's what you call it? Yeah, Just advertise it, give away gift cards.
2: Yeah, for a young teen who thought Bang bro, uh, Bang Bus was real like wrestling. Now it's not very disappointing and mm. probably kind of scary. Thank goodness it's not a real thing. Yeah. But yeah, legendary. They're legendary for that.
0: The one thing we don't, just make sure, Miami, whatever you do, if you let that name on the building, that's one thing. Don't let them put individual kiosks in there. Do not let them put kiosks in that building because they are going They'll go too far. Just trust us. Alright, 2 o'clock hour coming up. Chip Brown, Hordes247.com to talk Texas as they get ready for those Kansas Jay. Hawks. Don't move. It's the horn.